What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. It's your host, Monster D-Face here, and joining me today will be Life with Panda, a new married man. Life, what's up, brother? <laughs> what's going on, guys? Awesome, man. Great to have you back. Also, once again, congratulations. I think the last time we made an episode, it was, you know, the big day was just about to happen. You're not wrong. Literally, the day before my wedding is when we recorded the last podcast. So here I am, a married man, super excited uh, to live my wonderful life with my wonderful wife. Congrats on the newly earned shackles, my friend. We all love to <laughs> let me stop. Guys, welcome back to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. As always, uh, just want to say thank you all. Thank you all for tuning in. I think this is episode 123. Congratulations for all you guys that have been following us on this crazy journey for this long. Um, and if you're tuning in from Spotify, Dash Radio, and the Apple, of course, uh, you know, log in. We appreciate you all. Thank you guys for watching the podcast, listening to the podcast. I did want to say we have a new logo, guys. It is just about to be released. So stay tuned. Don't worry. It's not going to look too crazy. You'll still be able to recognize your favorite Fortnite podcast when you look down at your device. Trust. It's going to be clean. You guys are going to love it. But, Panda, we're jumping in with Fortnite because this is finally the time of the year where we get a lot of content. Take me through the first topic of the day. All right, let's talk about it. So, Fortnite Mares is here. Now, with that, we have no regular game modes. We're into the Fortnite Mares solos, duos, and squads in the pub scene. And also, the charge shotgun has been vaulted. We did not, I don't think anybody saw this coming mid-season, mid-FNCS competition, because this is the qualifying weekends, Right, the charge gets vaulted. So it's, it's definitely a bit of a shock for the community, but I'm also not surprised. I knew as soon as I saw that buff go to the combat, I knew that they were trying to make that more of the meta or try to match that closer to the pump, even though it's not quite there yet. I think that was their goal. So it's really interesting to see this kind of choice, especially mid FNCS, like I mentioned before. But I do think it's good. Now, as far as the pubs go, it's not very enjoyable to hop into a pub game right now. I won't lie, but before we get there. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Before we no, get there. Though. Yeah, before we get there, uh, I got to say, uh, I'm, I'm really surprised. But definitely a different change if you don't know. In Fortnite Mares, the zombies actually are you. So when you uh, get eliminated, you come back as a as a floating ghost zombie, and you have to take out the other players. So there really is no way to actually win a game, if that makes sense. It's always a a um, victory royale, but like the the Fortnite Mares victory royale. So it's not like actually winning a solo game or a duo game. Because most likely you're going to end up, it's just you, maybe you and your duo, maybe you and your squad, and you got like 40 of these ghost things running at you. So it's, it's super interesting. It's definitely different and definitely a different take. Um, but in some ways it's fun. And then other ways, like if you're really going for that victory royale, it's a little different. So what do you think, Monster? What do you think of this update? Yeah, no, I think all in all, I just wanted to say that I think the update was great, man. New take on the four nightmares. I felt like everyone was anticipating slash expecting the uh you know the, the reintroduction of zombies like let's be honest we all know that 
the zombies were a thing. They've come back, whether it be in the ice form or like the traditional kind of zombie form. So, um, yeah, for them to create a new spin, I'm all for it. Now, the charge shotgun being vaulted, that, my friends, was a surprise to me. I'm not going to lie. As close as I am to Epic, we all know that they have been trying their best to not introduce any radical changes. And in my opinion, yeah. removing a full-on weapon like the charge shotgun is it's pretty extreme. Not Massive. that in this instance it can't be a great thing because, hey, man, I wasn't using a charge. So I'll tell you that right now. So, <laughs> and that just shows. That just shows that the data must have been so staggering that players were taking this charge, side grading it, or not picking it up at all and catching elims with it, that they decided to completely remove it from comp in the middle of the season. Speaking about things that they removed from comp and added with this update, though, was the broomsticks. The broomsticks are basically a reskin version of the Silver Surfer surfboard where you can, you know, uh, bounce up into the air and an issue, uh, issue out, uh, redeploy, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's really interesting to see. Now, I did notice that it was in Arena for a little bit, and then they took it out of Arena. So I was I was kind of excited for a thing, for a thing like that, for an item like that or ability to be added in because, honestly... It, that that extra mobility in arena and in competitive is really really nice. Oh, it was now, busted. It, I will say it was a little busted at the distance. Of course, if you haven't used it or haven't checked out the broomstick, you definitely have to check it out. It is still in the Fortnite Mayor's playlist, uh, so make sure to dive in and check it out. It is really cool. However, I will agree with Monster here. It was a little busted. That distance was kind of crazy. But still having an item like that in competitive is kind of nice. Well, so I'm sad a, to see it go. Here's the thing. It was in the DreamHack EU Solos tournament. And it made it through like more than half of the tournament. The majority yeah. of the tournament, the broomstick was in. Everyone who picked that thing up was granting free zones on all the moving ones. From zone half in, half out to zone 6, 7, 8. And then finally the final zones taking high ground with it. So it was actually insane to watch play out and i mean it was what we expected you pick up an item that can grant you basically unlimited mobility and a 20 second cooldown players were just using it to literally abuse the system so for it to get removed mid-tournament i mean it wasn't removed because it was like oh we didn't we didn't mean for this to you know be this strong so we're taking it out it was removed because it wasn't even supposed to be in the playlist apparently in the yeah. first place just how the RPGs, I mean, we didn't even talk about that. RPGs are introduced back into the competitive world and, um, uh, or not the competitive world, but the pub world in a little bit more of a more, how do I say it, dominant way. The Ruins, which was once the agency, uh, is now taken over by a place called the Ruins. And at the Ruins, the henchmen all carry RPGs. So getting an RPG is a lot easier than what it used to be. And for some people that didn't know, in competitive, you can also get rockets, but you have to uh, destroy the golden sharks, which I think they're making some adjustments to RPGs in general across the board. Yeah, you know, I, I will say I've really enjoyed this season without RPGs. However, I think the ruins is a fun way to incorporate them. Again, it's that risk to reward. It's only in the Ford Nightmares playlist. It's not like it's in competitive. However, like you mentioned, you can still go for those shark, those special sharks and still potentially get one. Now, the lack of explosives, I think, has really made FNCS and, and DreamHack and these competitions interesting because it's not the same like, oh, hey, let me hit, 
the like, I'll spray the wall, you shoot the RPG in. Like, no, you actually, I feel like it takes a little bit more skill as a group, as like a trios, for instance, as a trio to get those eliminations and to get that damage in on these other players. So I'm, I'm excited that they aren't in competitive, but it is really cool. The ruins as a POI, though, very, very strong. Not necessarily the strongest, but definitely some potential to be a new uh, drop spot. I mean, just yeah, saying. we saw we saw Mr. Savage try it out. And obviously, NA East is up next for the competitive uh, tournament to come up for DreamHack. So we have a lot of great stuff coming up. And just in general, let's start let's start the transition here. Let's start talking about what's coming next. Starting with the FNCS Week 2 recap to get you guys all caught up. I'll take it from the top here as I open up the standings. So this is a very interesting turn of events here for the FNCS, guys. The weekend competitive, the way it turned out, first place, this qualifier went to Zate, Saf, and Stretch, which, by the way, last week they did terrible. They were contested last week. This week they got Doom's Domain completely to themselves. And even without the Mystical Bomb being inside a competitive, another item that was removed throughout the week for either bugs or some other odd issue... They yeah. dominated. They dominated. And close behind them, Jamper, Booga, Avery. Another team that had Stark Industry completely uncontested. I got to say, seeing Booga on, on the top of the leaderboards consistently. Consistently, yeah. Like, it is is really nice. Now, I know they do have one of those drop spots that is, quote-unquote, the best. And why aren't they in first place? Because they have Stark Industry. But at the same time, they're being smart about it. They're playing to their strengths. And I'm sure if someone contested them, they would still be smart about that drop. It was, they would split it accordingly, only take engagements when they need to. And then obviously, if they have to, especially if they don't have the loot to continue on with their game, they're going to take that fight. But it's super. I'm super excited to see them on top, as well as Zay, Saf, and Stretch. Because like you mentioned, man, they, they had a r really rough first week. And yep. people were were dogging on him because you know Bizzle, uh, his his trio performed a little bit better. But I gotta say, I'm I'm happy with the results of this past weekend. I, I wish I could have personally got to watch more of it, but it is really nice to see some of these familiar faces or these familiar names up on the top of the leaderboard. And let's talk about those that are not as familiar as those two titles right there because third place was to the team exit which is night shark and av you guys may or may not know about these guys but basically i have coined them as the low ground kings they play low ground like like just savages guys they are the greatest team when it comes down to fortnite endgame and being in the lowest levels i really do think they're ahead of the curb and they're kind of pioneering their own meta so if you guys want to see a team that doesn't go for high ground every game they go for low ground every game. Check out uh, Xset Boys Night, Xset Shark, and Xset AV. Trust me, guys, you would not be upset. That's going to be the quick recap for the FNCS for week two. We have week three coming up. Right now, we are recording this on Friday, the 23rd. Y'all will get this episode tonight. Um, so obviously, moving into the next one, we'll definitely see how this qualifier week is going to play out. What's important about this week, it's team's last opportunity to fully qual themselves to the next grand finals or... Mm -hmm. What I should say is the pretty much the finals before the grand finals. And then something that Epic is doing very, very different this time around is that there's going to be basically like a, a lightning round. There's going to be a round where the team that comes out on top is going to qual themselves to the grand finals, which is which is never <clears throat> we haven't seen this before, not in this fashion. So this is going to be a big week to qual yourself to grands. And if you don't make it all the way, 
well, you're going to have a chance in that little, like, basically the reboot round. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's nice to see them changing up the format a little bit, adding additional ways for these teams to get into the grand finals. So I'm super excited going into this next weekend. This is the first weekend uh, that I'm going to be able to watch it in its entirety. I'm going to be live on stream. I'm going to be doing a full watch party, understanding FNCS and what's going on in this weekend. So I'm super excited about that. And honestly, FNCS isn't the only uh, talk of the town competition going on. I heard there's a little uh, update uh, from DreamHack. What's going on? I I saw your tweet there. So what's going on, Monster? Hey, listen, DreamHack just announced that they are coming with duos for the entire month of November. Guys, signups have already begun. Feel free to go to DreamHack.com. Check out the Fortnite section and sign up for duos. This was probably the biggest announcement that we've seen in quite some time because the competitive community was literally crying for a new game mode. They were, they were, uh, you know, all speculating slash begging for Epic to release duos for the next comp season or for DreamHack to at least take up the bulk of duos. And all of a sudden, I'm assuming Epic heard them loud and clear. They said, "Hey, you know what, DreamHack? Let's do it. Let's give the community what they want." And for me, that's one of the coolest things to see from Epic. No, I 100% agree. And it only took 2.5 seconds for the community to immediately <laughs> tweet out and say, where is Arena Duos? We knew it was coming as soon as we saw the announcement. But it is it is a really good thing. I know I have a lot of friends that weren't able to uh, come together as a trio, but they right. know they're really solid as a duo. And Duos is a really interesting and fun, entertaining way to watch competitive Fortnite. So I'm excited to see the way DreamHack does this. I was just going to say, so that duos is my favorite game mode. It's the only time I play Fortnite semi-serious and like even have an inkling to want to jump in and compete against other players. I love yeah. the duos game mode, and I think it's going to really revitalize other players coming back. I think it's going to revitalize even potentially old duos coming together, like and even like OG players that probably, you know, put competitive aside and decide to come back now. So I do have this other question, though. I, I genuinely feel like, We've never seen the community ask for something like this and actually get it granted, but we also have never seen the FN competitive as forthgiving with Mm -hmm. their social media and just their presence lately and the way they're communicating with the community. We haven't seen Epic on this wavelength yet. With that being said, what if there is no arena duos? Because I, I really do feel like Epic pushed the envelope here to give something to the community. But I also feel like this is going to come with a double-edged sword because I think we're throwing a ripple in their timeline. I agree. I don't think they anticipated having to put Duo Arena live mid uh, mid this season. That's so as you like, as you can tell, we don't have Arena duos as of right now. That that could change potentially depending on if Epic is able to to push some something towards the game. But we don't know. Especially moving forward, I know you'll always want to keep solos live, right? Because solos are for those players that maybe can't gather a full team. And then trios is still going on, so you can't take trios away. So the question remains, okay, are they going to release all three? Are they going to try to cut one? Or do they just not add arena duos? It's going to be interesting to see. We don't know yet, uh, but hopefully we find out something pretty soon. And that's what I mean, because we've never had a third-party organizer actually announce something as big as this. Like, we're we're doing the next game mode that you guys want. We have never, ever, ever seen that. And for that reason, I do feel like P- 
people don't understand that you have to take this with a small grain of salt because there might not actually be a competitive practice route for this, which also changes the landscape completely for NA East because NA is known to have elite practice. I mean, obviously, I run practice server and open scrims. Mm -hmm. We deliver practice according to the meta of the year or the season, I should say. And yeah. this time around, like I said, DreamHack is coming in with a curveball. So comp season for FNCS, the next one, could very much be squads. Like, you know what I mean? So uh, anyways, I think there's That's a little true. ripple thrown out there. I don't know how it's going to play out. I personally hope that Arena Duos come uh, come and introduce to the game. And even if we did ruin their game plan, hey, just give it to us anyways. I don't think anyone's going to be upset by playing some mm -hmm. duos. Um, to answer your question, oh, Panda, because you said, can they release all three at once? There's no way. There's not enough champion players. There's not enough, you know, arena grinders, in my opinion, to keep three game modes alive in arena. I agree. And I think that's the problem because you'll have those long queue times. You won't be able to queue up. Like, right. there, there are a lot of factors that go into that. And so I'm just, I'm really curious what's going to happen. Can they make that a thing? Can they not? I guess we'll find out. But, you know, going into these competitive events, a lot of people I've seen have like coaching like coaching is like a new norm for these competitive players you've been seeing this yeah like coaching is taking over and just talking about making things a new norm we've seen something completely different this season i guess in general not just in fortnite but from the community as well and this is going to lead us into our next topic here phase destiny releases a master class of box fighting content now what is a masterclass, you might be asking? What does this mean when uh, someone releases content at the caliber that Phase Destiny, the quality level that he's trying to put out? Basically, he said, and I'm, you know, air quoting here, he said it took him about two or three months of research to create this kind of content. And for that reason, the video that he made, these classes that he's created, he put them behind a paywall, Panda. What do you yeah. think about content creators that are basically trying to create this premium slash exclusive content when i feel like a lot of this is public information you can find it on youtube if you search hard enough so what do you think about this kind of stuff so i think here's the the dilemma right you, like you mentioned all this content is accessible online if you watch your favorite creators if you watch youtube videos etc you can find the information that would probably be in this masterclass. however that information would probably be scattered across all these different platforms and right. or if you are watching your favorite creator to get better you're, you're watching them not hearing them explain to you the techniques that they have so what i will say the benefit of like paying and getting through this paywall to get to this content is the fact that you'll have all of that in one place so maybe for people that are truly taking competitive seriously and, th and that 50 dollar price point is worth it to them maybe it is especially to hear from somebody like phase destiny because phase destiny has actually been doing uh paid coaching sessions for a while so this is like his first time creating a master class and and putting it out there and saying hey instead of me coaching you in person take this master class and you learn box fighting so i i will just say like convenient sells Let's be honest. It's why we mm -hmm. all invest in tech. It's why we all own freaking Elgato products. And you get what I'm saying? So convenience <laughs> sells. I get it. Um, I just feel like, is Fortnite the wrong demographic to try to be selling, upselling a $50 content package? I get it. You want to be on your hustle. You want to be you know, out there trying to do what it is you got to do to survive, right? Make your yeah. dollar. We can't argue with that. 
but do you feel like the demographic might just be wrong for this game? I I'm gonna have to say yes. I think it's gonna be harder uh, for him to sell a lot of these master classes strictly because the community is young. It is a lot of people that potentially could not afford it. That and that's why it kind of comes back to what I said before about people that are truly taking competitive seriously. And maybe they've they've got some earnings, and you maybe and maybe it is only a few hundred dollars in earnings, but. They take 50 of that and they put it towards this masterclass because you know what? Maybe box fighting is their weakness. So I see the double-edged sword and I agree this community is probably not the one to create a masterclass for. However, I still see it being semi-successful for for a big name like FaZe Destiny. I also feel like there's a world here where the timing might just be off. Like box fighting now in today's Fortnite meta, right? Yeah, it's, the, it's what everyone's doing, but... I feel like this would have been super, super great like six months ago. You know what I mean? When box fighting was 100%. just on the bubble, it was just blowing up, and everyone needed to know. But nowadays, everyone knows more or less what the greatest edits are, more or less what the meta of Fortnite is. And, I mean, the content creators on the space, myself, Ozzy Antics, FaZe Destiny, um, you know, it's Jerry, and there's so many influencers, content creators that cover professional Fortnite content, high-tier tips and tricks type stuff. For free, honestly, right? On yeah. a week-to-week -week basis that, I don't know. I just think the timing's a little off here. I, I hope that he sells a bunch of them. I just don't know if this is the way to go because the way I see it is you don't want to take short-term gains and miss out on the long-term picture. 100%. And, and I agree. And I think that's why his initial like coaching sessions that he would do, way, way more valuable than uh, putting out a, a masterclass, especially if it did take him several months, like you mentioned before. If it took him that much time, it, it, that, that potentially is him losing out on, on coaching sessions and this, that, and the third, that ultimately could have been more money in his pocket in that angle instead of just creating this one class and hoping that it sells well. I mean, you see content creators like Arab literally doing free coaching on YouTube and taking those yeah. videos and blowing them up just off of, you know, coaching big, big profiles. Um, he didn't have much success this weekend, though. He coached <laughs> he coached Wolfies, and Wolfies is playing so bad during the DreamHack solos. I actually felt bad because I was, yeah. you know, I was watching everyone's perspective. I was really dialed into the DreamHack this weekend. And man, poor, poor Wolfies, he just got bodied game after game. And you can you can hear the and feel the pain in Arab's voice as he realizes, yeah, this is not going to be a great video. And yeah, this session's not going that great. <laughs> um, just one of those things, man. I feel like the Fortnite, you know, landscape is constantly changing. And sometimes you got to ride the wave while it's hot. This one, in my opinion, hot take here, might have just been a little too late. But hey, FaZe Destiny, congratulations on the class. I hope you uh hope you find a lot of success here. Talk about 100%. talk about success and hoping that people find success. I hope Twitch figures it out. Panda, <laughs> take me through the DMCA strikes once again affecting oh, the man. whole Twitch. Okay, so here we go again. Round two fight of Twitch throwing out these DMCA strikes. Now this time. They sent a more like a courtesy email. I, I don't, I can't, there's no way to put this. And I will say it is a little suspect that they send all this out and all this happens immediately after they release their own uh, copyright free service or get ready to fully release their copyright free right. service. 
I think the timing's a little weird. You know, listen, that's just my tenfold hat. But um, really, I, it, it sucks for these creators to have to worry about, look, I played a song, uh, and now I have to delete years of content because I use that as my intro song or this, that, and the third. And it's cool to have resources like uh, like Stream Beats that is, is copyright-free music, and you can use that. But guess what? We don't always want to listen to the same, like lo-fi beat over and over again sometimes we want some variety maybe we want to listen to our favorite artist and now we truly can't and there was uh, another perspective a little side note here from a a developer i don't a director of something for google stadia and he tweeted out, i don't know if you saw this monster but he tweeted out that he thinks content creators should pay to play the games on their live stream. Yeah, Did yeah. You see let me, this? Yeah, let me hop in right here. I have the tweet pulled up. I knew you were getting here. I wanted to read this one <laughs> out. Guys, I'm gonna read word for word from Alex Hutchinson. This is his words. And let me just tell you right now, I am in arms about this, but check this out right here. So streamers are worried about getting their content pulled because they used music they didn't pay for. They should be worried by the fact that they are streaming games they didn't pay for as well. It's all gone as soon as publishers decide to enforce it. Then he follows up by saying, the real truth is that streamers should be paying developers and publishers of the games that they stream and that streamers should be buying licenses like any real business, paying for the content that they use. And then Dakota's fires back immediately. He says, you are going to regret this tweet. And the list goes on. <laughs> Dude, the streamers went up in arms here. And I feel it. I felt the same way. I'm like, yo, my man, what do you mean? Paying for games that we didn't pay for? Yeah, Fortnite's free, brother. I don't know if you got the memo. Anyone can download it. Their mm -hmm. version of monetizing comes in the form of in-game exclusives. Some companies, World of Warcraft, for example, do enforce a payment model, like subscription-based services. There are companies that do this. I don't know where in this guy's mind that he believes that this is the way things should be. But I think this opens up a can of worms where companies are going to latch onto this. And maybe he's onto something because we all know, you know, big mother companies, they only care about the dollar sign. Yeah. And that's the unfortunate thing with a situation like this. But what I will say is these games go out of their way. Their marketing departments pay streamers to play their game. And you expect them to then turn around and pay them back to continue to play the game. That's just, that's not going to work. And most of these games' success are based off of content creators. If if Fortnite didn't have the amount of content creators buying into this game as they did, do you think we would be in the same position we are having the number one Fortnite podcast in the world and talking about these topics right here? No, probably not. It would definitely no. be a different landscape for this game. So you really have to take a step back and say, hey, I don't... I, I don't I like I know I might be able to make a couple extra bucks this way, but the ultimate success of my game would be way lower if we charge creators just to play the game. Because guess what? Creators are not gonna play, are not gonna pay um just licensing fees to play your game. I mean, Unless, think about think about Fortnite, for example, when mm -hmm. Save the World was out, you had to pay to play Save the World. And that yeah. was what was holding it back. When they dropped Battle Royale, it was completely free and the game exploded. Mm-hmm. 100%. And it, it's crazy to think that someone, especially in someone in Google, would be sitting here with this mindset. 
So let, let's hope this is uh, just one person's mindset and not multiple. Because, I mean, imagine like like YouTube Fwiz, for instance, head of gaming over at YouTube. Could you imagine that he would actually have this same mindset? No. Guess what? And he works technically under Google. It's the same company, but it's from a different perspective. Google definitely does not agree. I, I can't imagine that they would agree with this one individual's thoughts on this. But I really hope other companies don't don't buy into this because guess what your game will ultimately not be as successful unless you have content creators pushing before your game to be successful that's yeah, just I, it i think i think that's the problem where it becomes a bit delusional on his part he doesn't quite understand the value of influencers i saw one person tweet out her name is loco she basically asked hey i want to check this out for science retweet this message if you've ever bought a game after a streamer played it for free. The amount of people that retweeted that tweet was ridiculous. It basically went viral within the Fortnite, or not even the Fortnite, the gaming community as a whole. Thousands and thousands of people sharing it. And it makes sense. I bought things off of people just testing it out, off of my favorite content creators, mm -hmm. wearing a certain something, showcasing a certain poster in the background, right? Influence matters. Tweeting about something is the difference. Mentioning something literally leads to sales and i don't think he understands that for example a game like among us became wildly popular fallout guys wildly popular off the backs of influencers creating free content for games that they loved 100 i just don't think he he realized that maybe he doesn't see it obviously he doesn't work in marketing uh under google stadia <laughs> but it really is it's kind of basic marketing tactics to get these influencers, especially nowadays, to get influencers your product or your service into their hands. Because if you're not doing that, ultimately your, your product can, I won't say will, but can uh, do a lot worse than otherwise. I mean, a good example of that is Quibi. I'll, uh, a quick note. Oh, no. Quibi was one of those companies that put billions of dollars in and they, they paid every influencer to talk about it, but it was unsuccessful. So yeah. uh, that that's not saying that the model of influencers is the only successful one it is saying that um if you do it right influencer the power of influencers and content creators around your game specifically here can ultimately make your game extremely successful or not as successful and i mean i just want to go a little bit deeper onto this quibi thing guys mm -hmm. 1.7 billion invested in a platform that is going to that attempted to tackle live streaming for mobile devices only. And I mean, as they tried to niche down, they saw the market there, but completely missed the execution. They, what was it, filed for bankruptcy or did they just completely close the company down? I think they completely closed the company after six months. Like th this company launched in April, if I'm not mistaken. And I mean, there, there could be a market for what they were attempting to do. I just think they allocated money in all of the wrong places. They got every top actor, actress, like Kevin Hart has had his own little five minute show. Chance the Rapper brought back Punked. Like there was some cool stuff and cool content there, but the execution was definitely flawed. So it, it's unfortunate because, like Monster said, it was what one point seven billion dollars invested into this company, and and in six months it's just it's gone like that. Well, so 
I was just going to say, lucky for the investors, they did give back whatever was left over. Not sure how much they had left after the amount of <laughs> profiles and exclusive titles they tried to buy to the company itself. Kind of reminds me of Mixer. You buy Ninja, you guys yeah. go underwater, and then you got to still pay out the contracts, right? So it's crazy, man. But that's the game world we live in. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, but to kind of finish up the whole topic, uh, it really started with DMCA, DMCA strikes. So guys, content creators out there and to your favorite content creators, make sure you are paying close attention to the music that you play on your stream right now. It is getting very serious. Uh, the last thing we want to see is these content creators lose their platform because of something like this. So make sure to take it seriously. Do some research. There are ways around it for you to continue to play music, but you have to delete every single one of your clips and VODs. Like there are there are ways to do it, but at the, at that point, is music really worth it? Probably not. You would definitely want to save and hold on to your content. So yeah. something to keep in mind uh, while all that's going on, and obviously the the probably the worst tweet of 2020 coming out of uh, <laughs> Google Stadia's uh, guy over there, but. Yeah, Here we Alex, are, Alex. Alex Hutch. I'm gonna keep throwing his name out there. Alex but, Hutch. But send him your mail, guys. No, but um, no, and I agree. Uh, I I was one of the influencers as well, content creators who lost years of content, guys. It sucks. Granted, I'm lucky enough. I'm blessed enough to be in a position where I had a bunch of it up on YouTube. So you know, some some memories will live on forever. But my YouTube channel, I did have to delete and start from scratch, man. Loads and loads, just hours, right? Tons of content. My first ever yeah. live streams, all of them gone, guys. Wow. All because I didn't know any better. I just played music. I didn't really care. And uh, yeah, you know, now it sucks. I still play music now, to be honest. After losing six years of content, I don't really care about saving anything else. I'll be completely <laughs> honest. I'm at the point to where I've thrown the flag in. I'll just delete it as it, as it kind of happens, but... Yeah, no, seriously, if you if you don't want to go down that route, if you don't want to lose everything, a little bit that you probably have because you're just starting up, be more cautious, um, you know, take take your precautions where need be. Uh, with that, though, Panda, I think we're about at the tail end of the episode today. I want to I want to give you the floor, man. Let's uh, let's give you a nice little shout out to uh, to all the people. And also a thank you because Life of Panda is live right now as we're recording this. Guys. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. I am live right now, uh, but I'm always live uh, throughout the week, 6 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv forward slash life with Panda. Also, you can find me on Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash life W Panda. Make sure to hit me with any questions you may have. And uh, thank you, Monster, as always. It's a pleasure recording this podcast with you. And uh, where can they find you? Absolutely. Guys, as always, find me at Monster DeFace. Send all of your complaints to the Fortnite podcast at gmail.com. Like I said before, at the start of this show, we have a new logo coming in hot. So be on the lookout for the new look, but we will still be the Fortnite podcast. I'll see you guys in the next episode, hopefully a week from now, where we recap the FNCS and any new changes that are coming up. So as always, guys, dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales.